Listener Production. Okay, here we go. He is ice cool in moments like this. Oh, the big fella runs back into heavy traffic. Look at him go! Oh, my goodness. Coming up on Foy Talk this week, we're talking all things Dragons and Ben Hunt's 300th game. And we're talking about everyone coming for the Chooks. <laughs> I'll be touching on last night's game, Storm defeating Broncos. Hello and welcome everybody to Footy Talk. I'm James Graham, your host. Got Greg Inglis in the house. How are we going, Greg? A little bit more tired this week than previous weeks. Is there a reason for that? Yeah, there is, there is. You know, obviously... The week didn't start off very the way I wanted it to do, but saying that it's Mother Nature, you can't control it. <laughs> so, what um, happened, mate? first of all, my plane was delayed by three, two, two and a half hours. I was obviously traveling for work on the Monday. I was supposed to go to to a school to present my program, and only had half hour, twenty minutes with him in the end. So, I fast forward to yesterday. Got home about seven o'clock, flying in here about it. 50 minutes to an hour to drive home. Stayed home for an hour and a half and then I had to come back into Edgecliff here in the city for, you know, get an MRI on my neck. Got in there, referral there, about to sit down. Oh, sorry, Mr. Inglis, we rebooked you till Sunday. <laughs> and this is at 10 p.m. at night. Oh, so I wow. get home just after 11. <laughs> and, you it's know. Long drive. Oh, too, right, out there. And, you know, little, little baby, little little Lee's um, already asleep. And as soon as I get home, I was like, yeah, 1 o'clock, 1.30, put my head down. 2.30, she wakes up, so up again. Mm. But that's what you do. It's, I wouldn't change it. Yeah. Maybe the double checking of the MRI scans was probably a good idea first. But that was my week, gentlemen. Mm. Connie, you don't get that as a professional rugby league player, do you? You get all the, you get you know, fast track through. If that was you, I imagine you'd. Just pull a few strings and as a professional athlete, oh. us, us former pros, we don't get this preferential treatment. <laughs> you would have been on the phone. Excuse me, Mr. Politis. Um, can you make a call to the, the scanning people? Sorry, mate, who's this? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, now I've actually got to see the surgeon next week, so I've got to book that in. So thanks for reminding me, Greggy. Yeah, I need always. to confirm when I'm on. Hopefully, Double check, always. They don't change my appointment on me, but. How how are you, Jimmy? How was Magic Round? We haven't talked about that. Yeah, it, it was good. It was a, a great atmosphere. Plenty of good football and stories as well. It was good. I, I, I love that it's in Brisbane. Uh, I think it's got to stay there. For as long as people will go, we've got to keep going to Brisbane. I can't see a point in bringing it to Sydney. Uh, I don't think it will have the same effect. It's a real celebration of rugby league and it's just a timely reminder that just how good rugby league fans are. I didn't see any trouble, which I don't think we would see in other sporting competitions throughout the world if you had fans from each and every club. A credit to the rugby league fans for making the event what it was. It was uh, it was fantastic. It really was. But that uh, packs its bag up. Oh, sorry, uh, Greg. Jimmy, I wonder actually, or Connor as well, both years. There was been talk about moving the location of Magic Round, talking about different cities and where they should go. What are you guys' thoughts? Do you move across a ditch for a weekend or? You know, do we keep it up there and start a winter at 25, 27 degrees sunny? That's a good Obviously, point. there's one that one game where it rained with the Cowboys. Yeah, it was the Roosters yeah. game. Mm. Oh, sorry. Didn't mean to mention it. Sorry, pal. Yeah. <laughs> That's why we lost. <laughs> 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 uh, 
Um, ah, you've got to keep it in. Yeah. You've got to keep it in Brisbane. You, you've got to like public transport. Like, it's a it's a great ve- great venue. It's city capable of taking on all the visitors. It's a great reason for people to to leave. You know the the colder states and go there for a bit of winter sun. What are we in? Autumn sun? Nah, winter. May's winter, isn't it? Was it autumn? What nah. is it? Oh, jeez, it shows what I know. Spring. Um, <laughs> not spring. It's, it's, one, of the, it's one of the seasons that's not <laughs> summer. We know that much. I was gonna say, if I would take it anywhere, I would go to WA, and I would do that as a case to like build the game over there, and then see if you could gauge the interest. Like see how busy it is if they sell it every day and then maybe you make a case for having a WA team in the NRL, in the NRL as the 18th team. That would be my thoughts around it. Yeah, that's a good idea. That. And because I've heard, you know, like when they had the UFC over in Perth, uh, they had it this year. Everyone who went was just like, Perth is the best city. I had such a good weekend. I don't know what else they had. There was a couple of events on there at the same time and they just said it was like one of the best weekends ever. So... Yeah, if I was going to move it and trying to grow the game, I would go to Perth. It's a good idea because that's a, a originally why this started in England. They were looking for for new areas to get new fans to the game. So I think if the the NRL have got a strategic plan, perhaps to go into WA, it would be okay. Let's sacrifice what we can get from the Queensland government, obviously because there's revenue there, and perhaps use it as a bit of a pilot to go into WA and see if there's the appetite for it because you know if if people aren't going to come and watch that yeah then they're not going to come and watch this this new team i like your thoughts connor thanks jimmy thank you thank you <laughs> thank you for thanking me um <laughs> last night's game the game that almost lasted forever it was a late night wasn't it for everybody watching um well, it was already a late night for me, so yeah, yeah, yeah. Know, I just <laughs> end up kept I watching kept, it, kept, so. you in, kept you entertained <laughs> look 24-16 to the storm we're going to unpack it and and talk about some of the um, the incidences that decided the game. But I think if you're Brisbane, you come away from that game, despite the fact you lose, you're on the plane or, or when you do your review today or tomorrow, you're actually like, lads, we've, we've got a chance here. We can win something. Despite they didn't get the two points, I think they come away and go. Well, yeah. well, Why do you not- think that, Jimmy? Um, let's look at the fact. So they go down to Melbourne. Yeah, they compete. They had three players in the Simbin. They lose Adam Reynolds. Mm. They probably left a couple of tries out there as well. A, a little bit of improvement, and they get a few more points. So I think there's plenty of positives for the Brisbane to take from that and go. You know what, lads? If we get them in the finals, which we likely will, if we're gonna win this trophy, we, we can beat them. We didn't beat them on the scoreboard, yeah. but I think the conversation will be, next time we play these guys, we've got them. That's what I think the the, the, the review from Coach Walters will be. And the Storm didn't have any Simbins, did they? Yeah. One at One. the end of no, 77. Two. two. They had Harry Grant uh, sent off in the first turn. Oh, no, no, he didn't because it was a penalty try. Penalty try. It was. It was a yeah, penalty try. It was a penalty try. Oh, so, so he didn't get sent. Yeah, so no. you can't get double jeopardy. Yeah, yeah, the yeah. same thing happened in the Bulldogs game last week when they got the penalty try. So a lot of people yeah. thinking, oh, penalty try, it's a professional foul. So you'll get the penalty try and lose the player, but you can't get double both. You can't double dip. You, it's it's one or the other. Mm. So in that instance, yeah. if they hadn't given a penalty try, Harry Grant would have been sent to the Simbin. Well, then later on, you know, it happened again with Herbie 
um, Farmworth, right? Ezra Mann was in the facility of where the ball was going. So, you know, he got 10. It wasn't a penalty try because the play couldn't get there in time, right? Yeah. Like, so, they, there wasn't conclusive evidence mm, yeah. to say it's going to be a try. Yeah, sorry, my bad about Harry Grant. But, <laughs> you know, it's me personally, Bunkers having too much say into it, being too much involved. There was a few incidents there. Uh, one with Payne Haas, uh, with, you know, when they took the quick tap. Oh, and, yeah, and he was technically in front. Yeah. I mean, why, why wouldn't they just keep playing on and then go back to it instead of – because he ran for 15, 20 metres and then call him back straight away. Like the same thing's been happening, I don't know, for a number of years now where the Bunkers staying out but then they get too heavily involved. You know, it could cost the team making the finals, playing in the prelim, could cost an origin, could cost the team, you know, a GF. This is the, what everyone's everybody is automatically going to turn to. What happens if the coach incident where he's offside if that costs a game? Mm. So you you got you as a coach you say get yourself back on side. But there's a number of incidences like the pain has been in front of the ball. Like yeah, it's I, did, what was he interfering with play? I don't know. There was another incident which which hasn't really been highlighted. I think Tony Staggs got penalised being off the mark. When he, and, when and he's it, coming through blocking no, the he, kicker, he played the ball. Yeah, well, Fle- it looked like Flegler was going to get penalised for yeah. blocking the kicker. Could Tony Staggs, the referee said, "No, you moved off the mark." Now, how many times have we seen the referee this season player will move off the mark, play the ball, Ooh, time off? Is that what just, it was for? Just go back. Yeah, it was for. To, that's what they said in the commentary. Was could Tony Staggs was off the mark? I've well, never seen that called. Well, how many times, yeah. like if that did happen, how many times does the ref blow time off and say, walk back to your mark? Yeah, every well, that, time. All every the time. time. So it, it, in terms of last night, so much fallout from it. And what, what frustrates me as a watcher, mm-hmm. and I know frustrates all the stakeholders in the game, is Reese Walsh. Shoulder charge, not given. So the referee and the bunker don't think it's a shoulder charge, but then the match review committee do. So what's changed in... 12 hours. Yeah. Same with the Patrick Carrigan hip drop. Mm-hmm. Referee in the bunker go, that's a hip drop. You're on report and you're going to the bin. And some of those hip drops recently, we've seen them not go to the bin. 12 hours later, match review committee go, no charge. So Nothing. two incidences there that could be game defining that go one group of people say it is and the other group say it isn't. And they're meant to be on the same page. This isn't two fans going, oh, that is a hip drop. That's no. not. That's, this isn't a Broncos fan and a Storm fan, you know, around a couple of beers having, you know, a bit of friendly banter going, no, that is, it isn't. Or yeah, that's a shoulder. Mate, you know, he tucked his arm, but ah, but he's a try save. But this isn't that. This is the people that are in charge of our game. Mm. 12 hours after the incident have come up with different descriptions on what those events were. So, if they can't be on the same page and they've got time, the match review committee have got time to look at it and the referees. The referees are in a difficult position. If, the, if they're making different decisions after 12 hours, what hope have the fans got? None. <laughs> None. Like they, like you just said, they're supposed to be on the same team. right? Yeah. They're supposed to be making the game more flowing, much better. And for all of us to actually sit at home as, you know, as spectators, as fans watching it and saying, oh, well, we're confused because... We don't know the rules anymore. What's what's going on? To me, that wasn't a shoulder charge. It was like just a check, body check. If like yeah, but yeah, it was a body check. But right? is there a difference between a body check and a shoulder that's charge, Greg? Yeah, well, I don't know. Because if that's if that's rugby union, he's gone. He's yeah. sent off. 
So he did. He didn't make an attempt to wrap his arm around. I know that much. And he never had his elbow. But he didn't have his elbow. He, he, he's just going for a try save there. Was it? Was it Billy Slater in yeah. his penultimate game? Yeah. Yeah. Before the grand the final, same corner. almost exactly the same. Exactly. So, mate, I think we're us three here, all sitting here, scratching our heads because where's the ruling of it with that Pat Carrigan? What are you supposed to do? You're coming in from the side. You bring in, what is he, 98 kilos, 95 kilos? I, I don't know. Coming from the side, hitting around the hip torso, and then automatically he's swinging around. So I don't know if that was what they deem as a hip drop or not. I don't know. We were yeah, talking well, about they, before. they didn't because they didn't Carrigan. charge it, right? They, mm. they, it was gravity yeah. taking him around. Yeah. So. yeah, the laws of physics. <laughs> yeah, so and I, especially when it's a big dude like Nelson's pumping his legs, driving. Mm. When you go in, he's still moving his legs. So the way it happens is you just fall on the back. Yeah, you've just got to somehow try and stay on your feet, yeah. which is hard to then come in with enough force to like get his legs together and put him down on the ground. But Everybody here and fans out there listening, everybody just wants clarity around what the hell is going on with the rulings of all this. Yeah. We, we spoke to Andrew Abdo on Sunday. And he seemed pretty clear. There was three indicators. It was grab, twist, lose your, lose your feet. So by that definition, Patrick Carrigan's is a hip drop. Mm. But then this is one of those ones that I think require a further look at. And you go, well, look, let's just... It ticks all those boxes, but it's not. Do you think that's because there wasn't like much intent in it? it I think His because thing? it just naturally happened. Yeah, and unfortunately, that you are gonna naturally it, that will naturally happen in a game in certain situations. The Broncos were unlucky to have Carrigan Simbind, and they'll be asking some questions, especially the fact that the um, match review committee hasn't charged him. Yeah, I think that's the big one because they haven't charged him, and he's had to sit out for ten minutes. And like you said, that the Broncos lost last night, right? And he's a huge loss. Yeah. Yeah, he's, he's, a, he's a massive loss for him. And yeah, it's hard to versus side like the Storm in general. And then to play down 12 men multiple times makes it so much tougher. And when it wasn't even, it's a non incident in the end. The only positive I've got from these situations is that the NRL and the match review committee aren't covering each other's asses. They're being all front and honest because the, the easy option in this is just to go, oh, we've made a mess. They've messed up here. But we'll stick up for But we'll another. stick up for the, the bunker and we'll stick up for the refs. So we'll go, you know what? Reese Walsh's isn't a shoulder charge. So we're going to play on with that. And Patrick Carrigan's is. Mm-hmm. Yeah, true. That's the easy option. I appreciate the difficulties in dealing with these situations and different interpretations and time pressure and stuff like that. But I've got, to, for, for the mess that it is and the confusion that it's caused, I've got to give the NRL a rap and say, well done for not taking the easy option on this. Well, we wouldn't be talking it's about it today. Way out. Yeah. It's the easy way out. It is. So. And you're right. Like the referees on, on field, they're under, like they're making a split decision like that. Mm-hmm. They're under enormous pressure. And with the bunker, obviously, they got a little bit of more time with it. But like, like you said, Jimmy, it's I love how they can come back and look at it and say, no, you're wrong. This is the right, and they go vice versa. They don't, they don't take the easy way out. Yeah, they're owning it. Our, our game is unreal. It's unbelievable. 
I see myself, my own opinion, is these happen too often. So for us fans, for us spectators, just, I don't know, more clarity around some ruling. Mm, I think something that um, wouldn't need clarity is um, Coach Bellamy's reaction to uh, the Ezra Mam try-save uh, on Katoa. <laughs> I think I didn't. One of you boys walked me through it because I think I had my eyes closed for that split minute. He went through <laughs> and then... So yeah. basically, Toa is jogging over the line and he is about to... He, all he needs to do is slide over. He's unaware that Ezra Mam is behind him. Ezra Mam comes from nowhere and knocks the ball out. Great try save, but I can only assume... So he was over no, the line. He, he had it there. He yeah. had a tuck yeah. and he, he could have just slid and he's sort of jogging... Ezra Mam just bang, so I just, sneaks up. So he, was, he went through and like he was flying, and then he sort of slowed down. Oh, he just try. yeah, he just yeah. knew he'd scored. Well, he thought he had. He hadn't put the ball down yet. So, so it Bellamy, was a low. <laughs> so Bellamy's reaction. Yeah, I wouldn't want to be in that one on one meeting. Oh, actually, he doesn't do one on one meetings. He'll call it out in a team meeting. <laughs> um, so could, it, could that so affect it, his ability to go again? <laughs> like you just imagine the. <laughs> Steam coming out, just like, oh, God. Look, I've been on the receiving end of, of for a few of them in training or after a game, during the game, and it's not pretty. Oh, yeah. You just sit there. As a, he's going out somebody. You just sit, sink in your seat and feel for him. It's like, <laughs> oh, well, you know, what What do you do? So that incident, is it like, you remember Mitch Moses did that to yes. Trojevic? Similar? Yeah. Oh, exactly wow. the same. Exactly the same. And even, you know what, Xavier Coates being offside. Mm. Wingers are letting the letting our game down. <laughs> Look, I started there. Is there a is there a personal Look, bandetta there or well I can tell you as a middle forward, it's not that hard to just <laughs> like I'm not gonna do the old one job thing because they got multiple jobs, but you know the you've one got, you've got enough pace, get your ass on side. <laughs> like you be I love it. I love it too when you know you have these chats with the forwards, middle forwards in the middle and and they say, well, you knocked it on. You backs. How about you going in and up for, yeah, yeah, yeah. for a set? That's what I was going to say. I was going to say the one I hate is when like the half or someone kicks it dead and it's a seven, you get a defender seven tackles. And they just jog and out. And they just jog, jog out, out to, to, the, to the edge. <laughs> one set, boys, yeah. one set. Piss Need off, mate. You get in here. Come on. Let's <laughs> do it. Oh. JT was special at that. <laughs> <laughs> Even though he didn't kick it dead, but my, like majority of the time he was just – only a big fella. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Uh, anyway, there's so much to come about. I think I think as a fan, I'm excited to know that I think these two teams will meet in September. Yeah. And what a game. And like I go back to that original point of I think the Broncos will come away from Melbourne and they'll be very optimistic about their opportunity when they play them again. On to my old club, the Dragons. It's been a tough five weeks. Five losses all by six points and under after they beat the Dolphins. They had an opportunity to uh, win on the weekend, lost to the Tigers, who are now two in a row. I want to ask you two and and give our listeners some insight. A lot of noise around the the coaching future. Just how's life as a player when the noise just keeps coming? I don't know. This is where your leadership needs to step in. Bunker down, turn around, you know, us first, the rest mentality, I guess. That's what... What creates the bond between the players or the club itself with the Dragons? They're cow- is it Cowboys this week? Yeah. yeah. So they're traveling up there. I think they stayed up. They left 
Brisbane. Brisbane and stayed and, up there. Or stayed on the Sunshine Coast and then go up to Townsville. Look, that could have well could be like a turning point for them where they can get up there, stay around each other, bond more. And, you know, you just never know. But this is where you need, as players, you need to stay together, group in and bunker down and have that, I already said, that mentality of us versus them. They shouldn't be worried about anybody else but what they need to do as a team, as a whole, and go out there and perform. You know, that's what we used to get paid for, right, Jim? <laughs> so just get in. Mm. What's your thoughts, Con? Yeah, I, I agree with you, Greggy. I think it's... It's tough. It's definitely a really tough place to be. And my second year at Newcastle, we were in a similar boat where there was a lot of rumblings about that Brownie was going to be moved on and that we would have a sort of a a new coach for next year. And I think it just creates a bit of uncertainty in the joint. And like, it's more Mm. of a subconscious thing, you know, you don't really like talk about it or address it, but then you start to think, you know, like if the coach isn't going to be here, how's my spot for next year like what's going to happen there there's just like a a whole bunch of things that come with it and you know I think what happened in the end Brownie left early and then then they're on the search for a coach and it kind of I don't know stopped that conversation Um, I feel like the Dragons are in a hard place because it seems like they're going to move on from Anthony Griffin and even for them to like recruit for next year and stuff that like how do they sign players Mm. when no one knows who the new coach is but from the players that are there, I think they've just exactly what you're saying. Gregor, use what everyone's saying as motivation, but you've also got to sort of withdraw from it and not be reading as hard as it is, like not be reading it. And even if it takes deleting Instagram or, you know, I remember like there was a period there and especially being in Newcastle, it's a very footy uh, yeah. mad town. <laughs> you just didn't even want to leave the house sometimes. Like, yeah, it just sort of, and as a player, like, you're as annoyed as the fans are about it. Like, yeah, you're, you're hurting as much. As or, much, yeah. or Or if more, because, like, it's your life, it's your well-being. This is what you do to, to provide for everyone. And, you know, if you're not playing well, you start to think, like, I need to get back to the form. Otherwise, I'm not going to be here next year. Well, well, or yeah, the, 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 This is the point, you know, when you talk about leadership. It's Benny Hunt's 300th game mm. this weekend. Um, and we talk about narratives. Perhaps the narrative should shift that we've got to perform for this man, especially sure. what he's done for this club. But as the leaders, do you get real with the lads and say, boys, whether or not the coach is here, if someone else comes in, you think he's not looking at these games? Mm-hmm. You think he's just going to be okay with this? Or do you think he's going to look and say, Who, who's the weak-minded ones? Who's the ones that are looking for the exit? Not just going to come and be okay with this. This coach is going to be analysing our each and every move and and I know that they've spoke with Jason Riles and he'll be analysing all of this, absolutely everything and I think, you know, you spoke about the fans and the Dragons this year, it's just been storyline after storyline where the fans are getting an every right to, to be incredibly frustrated with some of the things coming out of the camp. We had uh, Moses Suley earlier on in the year and then Jack Baird recently in an interview this week said this fans don't really know too much about about footy i don't think um they've got a lot to say about people on the field so you know i don't think they've ever played a game of footy but no i feel sorry for um, it's us out there playing so we should be the ones to blame for but fans are good for the game and stuff like that but comes to a point where you know you can't 
you can't cop so much criticism, I guess, over you know the players and, and the coaching staff. So that was um, Jack Baird speaking this week. It's like almost a reaction, right? <clears throat> Frustration. That's reaction. it. Reaction. Yep. And you can kind of hear it in his voice about it. So he's like you said, Connie. He's even walking around, and fans are asking him, "Oh, what's going on with Hawk? When's Hawk going? How come you boys ain't performing?" Etc. Cetera, Etc. Cetera. And it's just a reaction comes from frustration from all that build-up, what's been happening in the last five weeks. Like it's been, like you said, it's only happened this week, that interview. So it's obviously playing on their minds a fair bit for them to come out and just say this. And, you know, it's, <laughs> but again, without the fans, we don't have a game. Connor? Yeah, yeah. It's... I can see you're heading up over there, Jimmy. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. <laughs> oh, just... <laughs> <laughs> all right, Connor. No, I, I think, yeah, you can just see, it's definitely a reaction. And I think he tried to clarify his comments yesterday. You know, and he probably didn't realize like what he was saying. And he just said something in the heat of the moment that I think, you know, he probably regrets and that he tried to clear up yesterday. But I just, I feel for the, the guys at the Dragons, man. And I feel for the fans too. And like, I, I do, I, I, it's tough, right? This is, the game is what makes some people so happy. And when your side's struggling and your team's consistently in the headlines, like it's, it's hard to be a fan, but it's also hard to be a player in, a, in an environment like that. And, you know, Jimmy, I, I really like what you said before about, and that's probably why you're such a great captain and such a great leader. And, you know, it's like, all right, we've got Ben Hunt's 300th this weekend. Let's, let's play really well for him. And then also Hook might not be here next year, but Hey, you're every game that you're playing right now, you're auditioning for the coach that's coming next year. Like that's the mentality that those guys need to have and probably change from sorry, I was gonna about to swear, but um, you know, don't like don't worry about what everyone else is saying or use that as motivation, but just all right, I'm gonna worry about my performance and how I can show the guy who's coming in next year that I I should be here because I, I wanna play for the dragons. Like, yeah. I, I think the fans are very vocal and in today's world where you can directly contact pretty much any player. You know, we, we live in a, a free society so you can express your opinions both positively and negatively. It's up to you whether you whether you look at those mm -hmm. comments on, on, on the socials and whatnot. I think in defense of the fans and I know what it's like player versus fan and, and when things aren't going well, well, no, I'm, I'm the one that's in the trenches. I'm the one that's doing the work. I, you know, we're, we're, I'm more frustrated than you, but you got to remember that the fans, they most of them have been there before you even donned that jersey or put that jersey on and they'll still be there once you've given that jersey away and you've given it, you've passed it on to the next generation. So, they're going to care about the, the cause way longer than what we are as players way longer mm -hmm. and they have done for their whole life this is this is a, a lifetime agreement they've got it's not four-year deal a three-year deal a player option a fan, you know you, as a fan you don't sign off oh, player I'll, I'll do a fan option in my favour whether or not I'll sign off <laughs> I'll, do, I'll do a yeah. coach option in my, in you know, my membership the, the, this, this, this is <laughs> this, you're the, right. they're lifers mm -hmm. they're, they're absolute mm -hmm. lifers and I, I love it you know, the overwhelming majority are incredibly positive and, and appreciate what you do and you get you know a few that disgruntled and, and want to voice their opinion because they they care about the cause as well. They care about the club. Mm -hmm. I think with, with, with Jack, it, it is a reaction. You put your head in your hands and you go, mate, what are you doing? Mm. You've just got to be smart enough there to just play the straight bat and be diplomatic and say, we're, we're, we're fighting for every inch for our fans. We really are. I get their frustration. Yeah. Mm -hmm. And then that shut, shut it down. So I... 
it's not the, the the worrying thing is this isn't the first time a player has let's say misspoke yeah and dug the hole even deeper mm. yeah because it just creates more headlines yeah yeah just from a player's perspective like I understand that fans are frustrated and you know that they want to voice their opinion but also when you're doing it to players and if because you know we're very accessible now in the Instagram DMs or whatever it is like remember that the players that you're about to abuse or whatever are humans too and like they're going through their own stuff so yeah I see both sides of the coin here I, I certainly understand from the fans perspective but I also don't like how some people will go and you know, going to DMs and abuse people and stuff. Like, yeah, voice your opinion, but maybe just don't be so mean. (laughs) (laughs) All right, that's a good spot to take a quick break before you talk. (laughs) Welcome back to Footy Talk with me, James Graham, Greg Inglis and Connor Watson. We're going to be talking about the Chucks, Connor Watson's team. Let's have a listen to... Dave Riccio talking on 360 this week. I don't see a Roosters style of player in Sam Walker. Brandon Smith. I don't see a Roosters style of player in Brandon Smith. We all spoke about would Brandon adjust to the Sydney way off the field. On the field, we we questioned whether he was a genuine dummy half. I Mm. don't know if he's a Roosters style of character. And I'd put Matt Lodge in that 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 category as well. So you think they've got got the recruitment wrong? Because they they have access and they've got the power to get... Any player they want, really. They've shown yep. that. But you think they've just got it wrong? No, I think they've identified, yes. I think they've gone down the away from what made the Roosters what they are. Connor, just I'll st- <laughs> throw straight to you, mate. I feel for Lodgy because every time his name just seems to get <laughs> thrown into these like discussions and obviously he's made his mistakes and he had a, you know, a checkered pass. But in the moment we signed him, there was, you know, the boys were, for me personally, I, I didn't know Lodgy and I knew sort of the reputation that he came with and I was unsure how he's going to fit in. But from the moment he came to the Roosters, he's been like nothing but awesome. And like, he's a really good bloke to have in a team and he's been a terrific player for us. And I, I really feel like he's turned his life around and he's a completely different person to the one that, you know, made those mistakes. And he still seems to get dragged into this mess. And then like in regards to Brendan and they're talking about his character, like Brendan is a character and he is a character, you know, when there's a microphone in front of him and when he's on TV or... But to be honest, like, he's a pretty quiet bloke. Good storyteller. Yeah, and he just he he just sort of doesn't have a filter. Mm. But from the way he's been, like, he's, he lives in Bondi with his missus and he's very low-key. And to be honest, when I did my knee, I was up on the Central Coast and, like, he's the type of bloke that he actually drove up to visit me. Like an hour just to see, yeah, to see how I was. So I don't like how they're uh, questioning his character either. And, you know, this is what happens when your team's not playing well. And, you know, they just start to write all these stories and question everything. But, you know, the boys... For me, like, what what is a Roosters style of player? Like, I mean, they've had some very loose people be there. Like, you know, we talk about Brian Fletcher... Is there a more loose human being in rugby league like that you know, actually advises the fact yeah, like, of like... who he was? It's like, well, no one's even anywhere near nah. what he was like. So, no way. Look, and it is Brandon Smith, you know, we say questions dummy half. I'm sure Robinson, Trent Robinson and the rest of the staff did that investigation. Mm-hmm. Like they didn't just go into this and be like, oh, maybe he can. Didn't he win dummy half of the year two years ago? Pretty sure he did. When had the year that Harry Grant 
was out. Or at the Tigers when Brendan was playing, he won Hooker of the Year. Oh, look, it definitely wouldn't surprise me with that. <clears throat> with him, again, it's reporters, it's journalism. It's what they want to put out there. They don't know what's going on closed doors. Like, how would they recruit? Their recruitment side of it. Like you said, boys, I'm sure they would have done their homework on who they want to, you know, bring to the club. And with Sam Walker, like, he's 20 years old. Or, mm. you know, he's a young kid. He's still got to grow into a player. We, we don't know what we what they're doing. Can't say what they're doing because we don't know. Mm. So to me, with with that there being said, it's it's like they want to create a story. Yeah. So Brandon Smith was hooker of the year in 2021. 2021. It's clear he can play there. If he can play in the Melbourne Storm system, he can play at the Roosters. I think this is just a classic example of us overhyping the Roosters. They were my competition favourites mm. before a ball was kicked based on the squad on paper. You know, you look back traditionally, they don't start the strongest. They build into the season. They've made some adjustments with their style and playing with a new hooker who touches the ball first is going to require some patience. And you can do all the training in the world, mm -hmm. but it's not going to... It will help, but it's not going to be complete until you're actually getting games under your belt. And I think, for me, what this says is, how good is this competition right now? Mm -hmm. And this is a good way to, to segue in that, before the start of yesterday's game uh, on, on Thursday, so before round 11 kicked off or round 10, there were seven teams on a five and four record and four of those teams were the Storm, Roosters, Penrith and Sharks. Yeah. That, that should be a celebration of the game. But for, you know, any of those teams, what's happening at the Storm? Why are they only five and four? Mm -hmm. You know, what's happening at Roosters? Why are they only five and four? What's happening at Penrith? Penrith. Why are they only five and four? What's happening at the Sharks? Like, these are all teams that were, there's definitely three of those that were in the top four last season. Well, time yeah. would tell over Origin, right? I was asking you boys off air, like, <clears throat> how would they go around Origin? Like, who's going to be there doing what? Who's going to come in into the first grade squad for their club land? It's a good competition, like, how tight it is. And, you know, this weekend could be the outcome of setting people, you know, teams apart. That's it, and, and and the competition is there for one of those teams or a number of those teams to get it by the scruff mm -hmm. of the neck, get together and go, bang, we're going on a run. And it wouldn't surprise me if the Roosters, in time, do click. They're priming. They they want to be, they want to be at their potential best in September, not right now. Mm. Definitely, um, I think that it's a good opportunity tonight too. Like we're coming up against the Panthers. Mm -hmm. The boys had a good week of training, uh, five day turnaround, so didn't get through too much but yeah like everyone's looking for forward to tonight and this opportunity to start to play the footy that we know we can yeah yeah absolutely and it's a dangerous sign for all other 16 nrl teams when the roosters do hit their straps that wraps us up for footy talk uh we'll see you next week